0: Our scripture reading this morning is Acts 10, chapter chapter 10, verse 34 through 36. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Good morning. Good morning. I had the strangest dream last night. I don't know if I should tell it. What do you all think? Good day. Good day. Go ahead. Well, the reason I don't know if I should tell it is, I'm pretty sure I had this same dream for a previous sermon. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, anyway, it was the day of reckoning, and it wasn't at all what I was expecting it to be. Uh kind of felt like a game show. I looked up, and there were three doors, and uh, and my fellow ministers were there. Uh, and so Casey Langford steps up to door one, and the door opens, and there's this woman, this whiny, gripey, Belly-aching, bitter, high-pitched, incessantly talking woman. And I heard a voice say, Casey Langford, for the sins you've committed in this life, you are doomed to spend eternity with this woman. And he just hung his head. And then Ashley stepped up to door number two, and the door opened, and behind it was this Man this smelly, stinky, beer-bellied, unshaven, unkempt, ugly man. And a voice said, Ashley Langford, for the sins you have committed in this life, you are doomed to spend eternity with this man. And she just hung her head. And then Brandon Stepped up to door number three and they opened the door and there was Miss America. (laughs) Miss America and I heard a voice say Miss America for the sins (laughs) you have. (laughs) Apparently I waited long enough to have that dream again. so i don 't know how I feel about the whole Miss America thing, but uh one thing Miss America and I have in common is we both believe in world peace right that 's kind of the wrap on every Miss America contestant back in the day anyway uh, i 'm going to talk about world peace today uh, we've been talking about peace for several weeks um, and, and you 'll remember. Maybe back to the beginning at Christmas time in Luke 2, the angel announced the good news of the birth of a Savior, and then the chorus joined in and said, Peace on earth. Uh, and then here in this passage that Jimmy just read in Acts 10, verse 36, Peter points out that God sent a message to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. And then, we didn't read it all, but if you continue to read, he announced that same good news to a Gentile audience so that the good news about Jesus began to spread and create peace all over the earth. And so what I'm thinking is that after you and I have made peace with God through the Savior, and after we have begun to assimilate that peace into our own hearts and lives, and after we've started to learn to live in peace with each other, as we talked about last Sunday, then we need to think about extending peace to the rest of the world. It is God's will to tear down the barriers between people and create one new humanity of all, thus making peace. Uh, Ephesians 2 says that directly. And Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 say essentially the same thing. God's trying to bring the whole world together as one and create peace And his chosen way of doing so is through Christ. So it's not enough for you and I to make peace with God ourselves. And it's not enough to assimilate that peace into our own hearts, as we talked about several weeks in John 16. And it's not even enough, as we talked about last week, to make peace with each other. We also have to take the next step and extend peace to the rest of the world. And God's way of doing that is through Christ. And I think it's really important that we realize what we're doing is we're telling the world, Hey, come be a part of us because we've found peace in Christ. Which which makes it imperative that we actually have that peace in ourselves and among ourselves. So today, we're going to conclude this fairly long series of lessons on peace with a, a message on world peace. Okay, peace through Christ. Now, I think most of us would agree that it would be great for other people to come to Christ. We think that would be a blessing. To them it would bless their lives. But whether we feel like we need to be involved in helping other people to come to Christ is a whole other story because a lot of us are really resistant to the idea that I need to be involved in helping other people come to Christ. In fact Uh, There's a pretty reliable survey of young adults in particular that indicates that half of them actually, and this is Christians, Christian young adults, half of them actually believe it's wrong to share your beliefs with other people in hopes that they will come to have the same beliefs as you. That's kind of a startling fact, um, but, You kind of get it, because we've all seen evangelism done badly. Um, Evangelism probably doesn't leave a really good taste in your mouth. Uh, A lot of us probably think of it more as recruiting or proselytizing. And we've seen people take um, heavy-handed, guilt-laden, back-people-into-the-corner approaches Uh, Who wants to be a part of that? I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, And the people who are getting backed into the corner don't want to be a part of it either. Uh, People that are not in Christ know when they're being evangelized, and they're more likely to call it proselytized or recruited as well. Uh, So we've seen it done badly, and other people have experienced it, in a bad sort of way, and you kind of get why people don't want to be a part of that. But still, it is God's will, God's will for the whole world to come to know Christ and have peace, to find peace in Christ. And at some point, we've got to set aside what we may or may not want to do and set aside what the whole world may or may not want to do and follow God's will, and it is God's will for people to find peace in Christ. And he's given us that responsibility. Uh, it's given to the church, not to the institution, but to us the people who are part of the church. So let me help if, if that's a dilemma. You know, if that's something God really wants to happen, but you don't particularly want to be involved in, I've got, I've got some help. Uh, and my first piece of help is, the good news is that the good news is good news. Okay? The good news is that the good news is good news. And we like telling good news. Don't you love to get to be the one to tell that so-and-so had her baby? We like to tell that news. And we know details. Well, the girls do. The guys get in trouble because we don't know any of the details. But we like telling good news. And evangelism, that word evangelism means telling good news. So anything that is heavy-handed or coercive or guilt-laden or has a finger on the other person's sternum, you're not called to that. That's not our calling. Our calling is to tell good news.
1: And so I think that's
0: a good thing. Plus, there are various ways of helping with this. There are various ways of helping with this. It's not just one uh, particular method or approach that is a way to be involved in helping other people here and find peace in Christ. There are various ways, one of which will fit you. And I'm guessing two or three of which will fit you. And we'll get to that. Plus, don't forget in our series on peace, one of the things Jesus told us to give us peace, apparently in regard to this sometimes daunting task of telling the good news, is that help is available through the Holy Spirit. That's a blank. Help is available through the Spirit. Remember, counsel and help are available. Through the Holy Spirit, we don't have to do this on our own. In fact, we don't have to do the hard part. He does the hard part. I think I've told you this uh, before, too, probably in that same sermon when I had the dream before. Uh, I had a friend in high school. No, I had a friend who, when he was in high school, um, went over to one of his friends' house to talk about the Bible. And he came home all frustrated And his dad said, what's wrong with you? And he said, I couldn't convert him. And his dad said, it's not your job to convert him. And my friend didn't believe that. But that got him to several days of Bible study, trying to clarify what we are supposed to do. And another piece of good news I've got for you is converting people is not our job description. Uh, Remember John 16, the Spirit, when He comes, will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. It is not our job to learn how to use a tone of voice that will convict people of their sin. That's the work of God's Spirit. Now, in John 15, Jesus also said, When He comes, He will testify, but you also must testify. All right, so we do have a role to play, but it's a role that we play with the Holy Spirit. It's not all up to us. Um, so what I want to do for the rest of our time this morning is to give you a crash course in participating in this mission. It's not going to be enough. But if you picked up a note sheet or if you want to jot these passages down, these are places you can go back to and spend some time equipping yourself and asking God to equip you so that you can be a part of world peace. And the first one is preparation. First, I want to talk about preparation. Grab a Bible or open your Bible. Go in and close that game. And uh, open your Bible to First Peter 3. And let's read 15 and 16. Uh, now, I believe that there are some people who are specially and uniquely gifted for spreading the good news of peace through Christ and who will do an awful lot of it and will do it in some rather unique kinds of ways. This passage is not talking about that. This passage is talking about ways all of us, Can be involved. And I know that because it's a passage addressed to the church at large. And so he says in 1 Peter 3, verse 15, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Four things. Preparation. Number one, revere Christ as Lord in our hearts. If we want to be a part of bringing the good news of peace to others, we've got to be all in ourselves. In fact, if you want to be a Christian, you've got to be all in. That's what that word Lord means. That means Jesus is the master of our lives. And this passage says, if you want to be prepared to give an answer, then revere him as Lord in your heart inside of you, and if you do that, it will come out in your actual behavior, and he he talks about that some a little bit later. Number two, if you want to be prepared, you need to know what our hope is. Know what our hope is. Um, In Christ, we have hope. And that's supposed to change us. Um, Long, long ago, they would say Christians are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Now we're so earthly minded that we rarely think about heaven. And I get it. Christianity should and does speak to the here and now. But in Scripture, we read that if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be more pitied than everybody. Our hope for what is coming is a vital part of this thing. And we've got to grab both sides of that. And we have to know our hope. And we have to grasp our hope enough that we actually have it. It's not just to understand it, but to actually Have hope. And so I want to encourage you to, while you've got, no, not now, later, get your phone out again, open up your Bible app, and do a word search for hope, and clarify what our hope is. And as you were doing that over a few days, pray this prayer from Ephesians chapter 1, That the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you may know the hope to which we are called. That's a prayer in Jesus' name. Pray that you can grasp and have your hope. Because what Peter envisions is that we will not only know our hope, but that we will have it. In fact, that we will have enough of it that other people will notice And actually ask us about it. Now, let me tell you, hope is not my forte. I've got preparation to do there. Um, And perhaps that's why. But let me just tell you, nobody has ever come up to me and said, Hey, Marvin, could you give me an account of the reason for the hope that you have? They're not going to say it like that. But they might say, What keeps you going? Why don't you despair? What what do you do when you feel like giving up? And they're asking what our hope is, and we need to be ready to tell it. Number three, prepare ourselves to explain the reason for our hope. Prepare ourselves to explain the reason for our hope. Now, that is not the same as be ready to give a scientific apologetic for the reliability of the scriptures. That's not the same as being able to answer every possible question in the whole Bible. It's just a call to be able to explain the reason for our hope. And the reason for our hope is Jesus. Uh, and more specifically, it's what God did through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And when you're working on number three, you might want to go back to the text that we read at the beginning, and that's listed at the top of the note sheet, and read about how Peter began to preach the good news and keep reading. And basically what he does is he tells the story of Jesus. I think we can do that. I think we can tell the story of Jesus. And maybe even just tell it and let it sit there and pray that the Spirit would do His work of convicting people. But we need to think that through so that we'll know what the reason for our hope is. And then number four, develop the salt qualities of gentleness and respect. Did you notice that he says, be ready to give an account, but do this with gentleness and respect. And I said salt qualities because remember we talked about that last week. Uh, The key to having peace among us is to be the salt. Remember Jesus said, have salt among you and be at peace with one another. And some of the salt qualities in Matthew 5 are things like humility, and purity of heart and meekness and i'm thinking that fits really well really well with what peter says about giving your answer with gentleness and respect so that's preparation to be involved in sharing the good news about peace the second part of it is process colossians 4 Turn with me to that one, too, because we're going to need to go back to this passage a few times as well. Colossians 4, uh, in Colossians 4, Paul describes a process by which the good news will spread. And Paul, Paul viewed it as all of us participating, but participating in some different ways. He didn't expect the Colossians to participate in the same way that he was, and really not even in the same degree. He was humbled for what he did. So he, he anticipated that people would participate in different ways, including prayer. Prayer is a vital way. Proclamation, which was his way. Example which is all of us, and conversation. And I'll get to that in a second. Alright, so number one, we can all devote ourselves to praying that God will give us opportunities for people to speak the message. Um, realize when you're praying, you might be praying for yourself to have an opportunity to speak the message. Uh, the, the view of Scripture is not that just... Everything happens by random chance. Scripture teaches that God gives opportunities. And if we believe God is involved in spreading peace on the earth, and if we believe the Spirit is involved in spreading peace on the earth, then shouldn't we be praying that God would work and would give us opportunities? There are a number of specific things we're told to pray related to the spreading of the message. Here he talks about praying for opportunities, and he talks about praying uh, that Paul would be able to speak it clearly. Jesus said, pray for workers, for the harvest. Uh, Elsewhere, Paul prays for boldness. And he instructs us to pray that the word would spread rapidly and to pray for new believers. And Jesus taught us to pray that we would all be one so that the world would believe that God sent Jesus. It's a lot of prayers. Uh, and that would be a good thing to do as well as look up all the things we're supposed to be praying about this mission. Number two. We can all live wisely around outsiders. Uh, He says this. I don't think I even read this yet, did I? Colossians 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly. As I said, that was all point one. Point two is, verse five, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Now, most of us get to spend time around outsiders. Some of us, uh, and I'll just say especially ministers, sometimes, you know, most of the people we work with are Christians. Except Brandon, because he was in that joke. Uh, we're around Christians all the time, and we have to make a deliberate effort sometimes to even be around outsiders. Uh, but most of us get to do that, and he says to, to be wise in the way you act. Be salt. Have your salt qualities. Go back to First Peter. Make sure you're preparing yourself. Uh, do, do what the military does. Keep on doing PT so that you're fit, only we're doing ST, right? Spiritual training uh, to keep ourselves wise in the way we walk with outsiders. Number three, we can all recognize and make the most of opportunities that God gives us. And he tells us that in this passage, um, verse five, make the most of every opportunity we believe God gives us opportunities. We're praying for opportunities. And we're being watchful and thankful as we pray. And so when something happens, don't wonder, don't ask. Just make the most of that opportunity. And then number four, we can all converse with grace and salt Uh, And I love this, verse 6, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Uh, There's those salt qualities again. Uh, We need to converse with humility. We need to converse with meekness and gentleness. We need to converse with mercy. We need to converse with purity of heart. And I hope you will notice and believe that conversation, I mean it's mentioned right here in the Bible, conversation in which we listen without judging and don't force our conclusions is a great way of telling the good news about Jesus now, those arguments you're having about religion online don't count. That's not what this is. This is salt conversation. And did you know that we have reliable research? I mean, we don't need research to tell us this, but we've got research that says there are people who are not Christians but who are open to, to uh, exploring what Christianity is all about. And we also have research that says the number one preferred way they would like to explore Christianity is in a one-on-one conversation. And we've got research that says the top two qualities they would like to have in a, in a conversation partner is someone who will listen without judging, and who will not force their conclusions, which sounds a lot like Peter's gentleness and respect, and a lot like the salt qualities of being merciful and being meek. And so conversation mentioned right here in the Bible is something that, that all of us can do, it's not intrusive, it's not heavy-handed, it's not forceful, it's something that is pleasing to those who are outside of Christ as well and it really fits the nature of the good news that we've been called to share Um, and it also leaves room for the spirit to work because you're not trying to make it happen, you're just conversing with people.
1: Uh, and then number three,
0: just uh, or not number three, but the third passage. I'm not really going to go into this one today because there will be more on this later. Provision. We do need to make provision for this good news to get to the rest of the world. Um, peace on earth, not just peace in San Antonio. Um, Jesus sent the apostles, to the rest of the world. And now we need to send people to the rest of the world. Our missions offering is coming up in April, April 5th, I think it is. Uh, And so we'll be saying a whole lot more about that. But And we need to give, but once we've given, we're not done. We also need to be ready to give an account to the people here and there, here and now, uh, when we get the uh, opportunity to do so. So there's everything you ever want to know about peace. You feel better? Do I need to repeat this series? Uh, I kind of need to repeat it for myself. Um, today, what I hope we'll walk away with, I hope hope we'll do the whole thing. I hope we'll find peace with God. I hope we'll assimilate peace in ourselves. I hope we will learn to live in peace with each other. Uh, But for today, I hope we won't stop there and just hoard peace for ourselves. Because God wants peace on earth, which means we're called to share the good news about peace with Christ through others. And I think these passages can equip us to do that. If you want to talk to, to somebody or pray with somebody, We'll have some of our shepherds and their wives at the back. Uh, Please think about what you're going to sing now. Please think about what you're going to sing now. Let's stand and sing.